Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. You probably know by now that familiar music uh, means it is the afternoon, and it is the afternoon show, and I'm looking forward to it because I've been planning uh, for this for you for days. I've been looking forward to having Daniel Darling back on the show. Um, Really, the question is, how can we live as bridge builders in such a divided country? How can we be healing-type people in a church that is so hurting And how do we stand apart from really what is a crazy culture as Jesus followers in a world that's screaming to know God's love? And today, Daniel Darling is going to help us with that challenge through his new book, Agents of Grace, How to Build Divides and Love How Jesus Loved. He dedicated this book to his wife, Angela. Always nice to have him back on the show. Daniel, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be Back on the radio with you. Yeah. So, Angela, you know, you've dedicated the book to your wife, and you've kind of, you lose one of those lovely terms of endearment when she has to change her last name to Darling. You really can't call her Darling anymore, can you? <laughs> That's right. She always calls me Darling, but it's not always a term of endearment. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, I want to talk about what it looks like to live faithfully in such an increasingly hostile world, and and how do we na- how do we navigate these tensions? that not only are in our families, but our churches and practically every, every organization we're in? Well, I, that, that's kind of the question that everyone has, right? Uh, yeah. You know, we live in such divisive age right now, and uh, I think Christians have an opportunity to model something differently. I completely agree. Um, so let's let's go through uh, really some of the, the uh, ways in which you want to help us, and Let's talk about what love requires. Well, I really wanted to talk about this uh, this chapter on love. You know, Jesus said to his disciples in the upper room, he said, uh, this is my command, that you love one another. Uh, that uh, obviously as Christians, we should care for and uh, have respect for all human beings remain the image of God. But we should have a special kind of love for our brothers and sisters in Christ, that we we have something in common. We have the gospel in common. Mm-hmm. And you think about who, who Jesus is saying this to. He's saying this to um, you know, a motley group of people he put together. On the one hand, you have a, a, a you know Matthew, who's a tax collector, who's a sellout to the Roman government that is reviled. On the other hand, you have Simon the Zealot, who's a couple clicks away from insurrection. You know, And he puts them in there, and he says, now you're a new family, and you're to love one another. And it's a command. It's not uh, something we, we, we should get to when we have time. It, it's a command. So what does love require? I, I think we see this in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, all the characteristics of love. At the very least, love uh, believes all things, hopes all things. doesn't mean we should be naive. doesn't mean we shouldn't have accountability. doesn't mean we don't have hard conversations with fellow Christians. But love uh, gives other Christians the benefit of the doubt. Doesn't assume that the person who disagrees with us is coming from a place of malice, um, and it hopes all things. I, I think love is not cynical. There's there's a lot of cynicism today in the world. 
especially about the church, especially about Christians. I mean, cynicism, you know, is its own literary genre at this point. Uh, <laughs> but I think we're called True. to something different. Yeah. Uh, D- Daniel, I love words. And you had some fun uh, using a word from the old King James in Proverbs 1824. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. You did a nice job with that in your book. Yeah, I, I that that word has stuck with me. You know, I memorized the King James when I was a kid, and I used the Christian Standard Bible. I use ESV. I use a bunch of translations now, but that word "sticketh." When I think of that, I think of you know a gum on the underside of a desk in school, or you know if you super glue your hands together, or if you're <laughs> you know you get your you get your kid cotton candy at the baseball game or something. Um, it's this idea of of not letting go and. Well, we need friendships, especially in this age when there's so many perverse incentives to divide, when there's so many things that will split our friendships apart. We need that determination to say, I'm not going to let my friends go, right? Um, and we see some relationships like this in Scripture. I mean, I think of Ruth and Naomi. Mm-hmm. Where Ruth uh, says to Naomi, uh, uh, Ruth is a Moabitess. Naomi is uh, Jewish. She lost her husband and her two sons. She's going back to her ancestral home, went to Israel. She tells her young daughters-in-law, listen, stay here. You know, it's better for you. I need to go. And Ruth says, no, I'm sticking with you. She, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Um, and in other words, you can't let me go. Or I think of David and Jonathan, where Jonathan should have been the next king of Israel. Um, and yet he saw that God had anointed David, put his hand on him. And even though his father, Saul, was trying to kill David, Jonathan, at great risk to his life, uh, even though there's politics and everything that could have divided him, he said, no, I'm going to be your friend. I'm going to protect you and care for you. We need those kinds of friendships in uh, among Christians to say, I'm not going to let my friends go. I may have a friend over here that I disagree with on this. Uh, maybe I think he's a little crazy over here on this, or I have a friend over here I think they're a little crazy, or maybe you're the crazy uncle that mm-hmm. they have to explain away. Yeah. But to say, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let these turbulent times. I'm not going to let a political figure. I'm not going to let the moment keep me from loving you and being being your friend. Yeah, so solid. Daniel Darling is my guest. His book is called Agents of Grace. Daniel, let's take it one concentric circle even closer. Let's talk about family. Um, you talk about this in your book. What about if your sister doesn't vote the way you do? Or if your brother annoys you with his opinions on Facebook? or your sister doesn't agree with your approach to worship, or if your brother recommended a book you thought was terrible, how do you navigate through that? Yeah, I think we have to say, look, on this area, I think they're wrong. I disagree. Uh, We may have a spirited conversation, but we have to ask ourselves, am I going to let this separate me? You know, uh, I talk in the book about a close friendship that I almost let go during 2016 presidential election because we were just at, me and him were just at, at, at loggerheads, we're arguing back and forth about it. And there was about a, th- a few months where we didn't talk. And then after the election, I thought, how, how ridiculous was that? Yeah. That I let this lifelong friendship go away because of, I couldn't control myself. I couldn't restrain myself and I couldn't love him. And so we, we patched it up. But I think there's a lot of that's going, that's going on r- around the last few years. And, and I want to make clear, you know, I have a whole ch- section here. There are things worth fighting for. That's not to say that Christians, you know, there are things worth fighting for. There's there's truths that matter. But I think understanding what, what are things that are worth going to the mat for and what are the things being worth being open-handed about. Yeah, what things should we be holding hands with other Christians on and what things should we be letting go? Uh, I think yeah, there so, is a distinction. 
There really is. You know, at one point, Paul says to, to Timothy in First Timothy 1, he says, fight the good fight of faith. Mm-hmm. He's saying to this young pastor, listen, there are things worth fighting for. There's a body of truth that have pe- been passed down from generation to generation, from the apostles through the church age. These are things Christians have always believed. Uh, Jude says to earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. Look, these, this is Christian orthodoxy. This is truth. We can't let this go. Things like the divinity of Christ, exclusivity of Christ, and uh, virgin birth and the Trinity. I would put sexual ethics up there for Christians. It's so woven through Scripture that we don't have the authority to change what Scripture says. But then there are secondary issues where uh, Christians have always disagreed. Maybe it's about baptism. Maybe it's about uh, egalitarianism, complementarianism, where um, this, this is where churches may organize differently. So I'm a, I'm a Southern Baptist, proud to be a Baptist. Uh, I have some really great friends that are PCA and Anglican. I read their stuff. I'm, we partner, I partner with them in gospel work in so many ways, but we're going to organize differently. I think they're wrong on baptism. They think I'm wrong, but we can do a lot together. And then there are tertiary things where even in the same congregation where you have very shared beliefs, even on the secondary things, um, you know, people might differ. How, how do I raise my kids? You know, or, uh, in terms of, you know, how do I educate my kids or how exactly old the earth is? Or, um, uh, you know, when Jesus comes, we all agree Jesus is, Jesus is coming back again, but what the timeline looks like, you know, these are things we can, we should have opinions on. We have strong beliefs about, but be open-handed. And in, in other words, those are not things I would go to the stake for. Those are not things I would pledge my life to like I would th- that first tier of of beliefs that I think is es- crucial and essential to be a Christian. Yeah, there are certainly hills we're all prepared to die on. And then there's yeah. some hills that we're going to bleed on, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I actually think part of the problem, I think, sometimes today is that we spend a lot of time arguing over the tertiary things, savaging each other, losing friendships, that we actually don't have energy and time to fight for Christian orthodoxy in every generation. We we don't have time to fight for these good and true and beautiful things that we that are essential to being a Christian. And so I think we have to have uh, our priorities in the right place. Mm-hmm. Daniel Darling is my guest. His book is Agents of Grace. You do say something in your book, which I really like, because I love Romans twelve eighteen that says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you— live at peace with everyone. Sometimes people do not want to live at peace with you. Well, that's right. And um, that's a really important verse because I think it says, listen, as much as you can seek peace, we can't always, sometimes it's, sometimes it's not always up to us. And uh, in my chapter on forgiveness, which I, which I think is deeply important, um, you know, I, I talk about three levels of forgiveness. And the first level is, 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 just that forgiveness. It's the, it's the unwillingness to carry bitterness around with us. It's the taking of our deepest hurts to the Lord and recognizing that um, he has given us a level of forgiveness over, over debts that are so big, even bigger than the hurts that have commi- been committed to us. And there's a supernatural strength that we can forgive. It, it's not carrying around resentment. And man, I have seen people wrecked and ruined because they they carry this resentment around. It becomes an acid on their own soul and it splashes on all their relationships and, and destroys their, their leadership. So that, that is something that's available to every believer. And then there's a second level of reconciliation where, um, you know, we should pursue reconciliation where, where there's been a disagreement or there's been a hurt. It's not always possible because it requires two people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes there are relationships that can't be reconciled for whatever reason. Maybe the hurts are too deep. Maybe the, 
the both parties are not willing to come together. We can maybe have peace in our heart, but that we've done as much as we can. And then there's a third level of trust. And trust, you know, requires sort of someone earning back that trust. You know, if if the church treasurer runs off with the money, uh, the church's money, you're going to forgive him, but probably not put him uh, as church treasurer again. You know, right? And I think there's levels here. Joseph forgave his brothers a long time before they came uh, to Egypt, but he had to have them go through a series of tests in order to see if um, they were trustworthy. And they were. And so I think sometimes we collapse those into one. And sometimes we say to someone who's been deeply hurt, uh, you need to forgive. And we're right about that. But forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean you you, you restore trust. It doesn't mean you're able to reconcile right away. And I'm talking about deep hurts here. I'm not talking about the petty little things every day, annoyances, but yeah. um, deep hurts that, um, that hurt us. And I'm here to say, I can promise you before God, that God can help you work through your deep hurts. He can help you forgive. Time plus intentional effort and taking to the Lord can heal uh, your wounds. That's a lot of wisdom, Daniel, darling. I, I like taking short surveys, so I really am asking only five people to text in, and I'll get three out of five at least uh, as a winner. But if you are in a, a relationship of some kind or you have one where it is not restorable or reconciliation is just not possible, I'd be curious to hear, Do you are you in one of those relationships where you think reconciliation is not possible or the relationship can't be restored? Text the word yes or no to 877-933-2484. Just looking for five texters and then we'll figure out uh, if there are more people out there that uh, think they can restore it or reconcile it or ones that, that don't think they can. I'm real curious. We're going to continue our conversation with Daniel Darling. His book is called Agents of Change. We'll be right back. If you'd like to know more about what it means to begin a relationship with Christ or to chat with someone about it, just text the word FAITH to 41224. I am back with Daniel Darling. His new book is called Agents of Change. Daniel didn't take long to get my survey answered, and it does look like the majority are in non-reconcilable relationships or they're in a position where they don't feel that it's possible. So there's sadness there for me to hear that and see those um, come in. Yeah, it really is. I mean... um I think the last few years have been harder, even with uh, COVID and racial tensions and elections and all that stuff. Um, and, you know, I know, and you probably have this in your life too, but I, I know of friends who actually believe uh, alike on most things, like the Venn diagram or their beliefs would, would line up probably pretty closely, uh, but they, say, say they don't talk that. to each other. Oh, They oh, don't right. talk to each other. You know, they... They, they've fallen out over a petty disagreement, maybe the way they handle COVID differently, or maybe the way they handle election differently or exercise some of those things. And, and they just don't talk to each other. And, and I'm talking about Christian leaders, good people. And it's really sad. And I just think to myself, man, why would you let a temporary moment get in the way of, of this? Um, um, and so I think, you know, God, uh, 
can give us the strength to reconcile relationships. Again, some can't be reconciled because of really deep hurts and wounds and abusive situations and things like that, but many can. And I, I would just encourage folks to say, you know, if there's someone in your life that you, you know, you want to reconcile with, maybe take the first step and say, Hey, uh, can we talk? Hey, can we, can we sit down and have a conversation um, to be that first person to pursue peace and pursue reconciliation with a brother or sister in Christ? Mm-hmm. Daniel, let's jump into chapter three of your book, uh, Agents of Grace. Let's talk about forgiveness. Yeah. Well, forgiveness is just so important. Um, and one of the things I've discovered about it is, uh, so I tell a story in there about uh, when I was pastoring uh, years ago, I was a young pastor and I had a deep, deep betrayal. And I was thinking about quitting. I had a mentor, a pastor, older pastor call me and say, Dan, you're not quitting. I'm with you. I think you're right here and I think they're wrong, but I do want you to know that you're going to have to work on forgiveness. You know, now I, I liked hearing the first part. I didn't like hearing the second part, um, <laughs> yeah. but I knew I had to model forgiveness uh, for the church that I led and for my family. I couldn't be, uh, I couldn't be gripped and, and overrun by bitterness. And so, you know, the Lord really worked on my heart. And what I've learned is forgiveness is a rhythm. Uh, not a one-time thing. So when Jesus tells Peter uh, to forgive 70 times seven, he's not giving him a formula or a checklist. He's giving him a way of life. Mm-hmm. In other words, every time that song plays on the radio, every time you you drive past that building or that house that reminds you of that hurt, or every time a memory floods your mind, um, it's an opportunity to take it to the Lord and say, Lord, can you please help me forgive? And, and I can promise you that over time, God will do that in your heart. I'm at peace with some of the people that that hurt me years ago. Uh, it doesn't happen right away. You know, there's some times where things are still tender and it's going to take time. God has to work on your heart. You're not ready yet, mm-hmm. but I promise if you pursue that, God will God will grant that in your heart. It's a work that he can do uh, in his people. I appreciate, uh, Dan, you saying that your heart still might be tender. The, I thought that was a, that's a nice description of how you feel hurt and it's difficult and challenging and it's a good descriptor because sometimes that is exactly how you feel. Um, you talk about in your book that forgiveness isn't just something you do, it's a gift you receive. I'd love for you to mm-hmm. say more about that. It, it really is. Uh, I have found that God does this work in us. He helps us to forgive if we're willing. If we're willing to let go of having to execute vengeance, justice, um, to, to give that to the Lord. I'm not saying that if there's abuse or crimes or things that people shouldn't pay justice. I I think there should be consequences and all that, but I'm saying um, this kind of carrying around in our hearts and our, and our souls, this, this anger, this vengeance um, is really unhealthy. It does never actually wound the, the object of our hatred. It only hurts us. Um, It only hurts ourselves and it hurts everyone around us. So, we have to ask the Lord, can you please help me um, uh, let go of this and, mm-hmm. and not do this? And I think we kind of know there's some marks that we know we've, we've experienced forgiveness or the ability to forgive one. If we stop wedging our hurt into every conversation with every person we know, uh, then we know, okay, no, maybe I'm past this or two, maybe when that person's name comes up, you no longer feel like you have to share the whole story and and really, or three, just letting go of having to be right all the time, having to convince everybody of your rightness and just leaving all that to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I, I think those are some marks that, okay, the Lord's done a work in me, but it takes time and it takes intentionality. That's something somebody needed to hear today. There's no question. Just let it, uh, let it be. I read a review uh, that somebody said the chapter of, of Dan Darling's book, Agent of Change on Joy, is worth the price of the book alone. Give us a little tease on what you said in your chapter on joy. So I really love this chapter. You know, I think today there's a lot of cynicism about the church. Um, you know, uh, there's, it's almost its own genre of book, you know, to, to write a book saying how terrible the evangelical church is and how bad the church is. And look, we have issues in the, in the church. There's scandals, there's public disgrace. Uh, we have a mess in our own house that we have to clean up. I'm not naive about that. Um, but there's a kind of uh, cynicism that um, if we're not careful, we'll miss what God is doing. You know, we, we, we've convinced ourselves in many ways that God's best days are behind him, that Christ doesn't save today and that the Holy Spirit is not active. But it's just not true. Uh, you know, God is at work today among his people. Uh, if we're not careful, we'll get catechized and shaped by negative headlines and and. There's plenty of them. Every day, this pastor did this, or this church did that. And those are all true. We should lament those. But you know what doesn't make the headlines is faithfulness. A pastor who's faithful for 25 years, yeah, a, so um, a volunteer group who provides meals, a you know um, uh, a young Christian who leaves everything and goes and works to help people in a war-torn community. That, this just doesn't make headlines. Faithfulness doesn't make headlines. And so I think we have to resist cynicism and and see joy doesn't mean we're we're Pollyanna or naive. Doesn't mean we don't need a prophetic voice sometimes to call us to repentance. But there's a kind of persistent anti-evangelical cynicism out there that is, you know, it best-selling books and 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 podcasts and all that stuff. And I'm not saying there's never a need for that, but I, I just think God is at work today through His people. If we only look up and to see uh, where he is at work. I, I think of the Jesus movie. Uh, I saw it a few months ago and was really overwhelmed by that. My father was saved in the Jesus movement. He became Christian in the Jesus movement. You think about the 60s and 70s and how turbulent they were. Uh, you had Vietnam War. You had uh, three assassinations. You had the sexual revolution. You had racial tension. Um, so many things going on at the church. There was all kinds of things. And then here's the Jesus movement that nobody saw coming. Here's a work of God that nobody saw coming. And I think God could be up to something today. And so let's not give up on the idea that God blesses faithfulness, that God is doing something in our day, that he uses ordinary people to build his kingdom around the world. Yeah. I always think of Philippians 4, 8, you know, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is yeah. right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Think on such things. We could probably all be better off doing more of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, and again, it doesn't mean we cover up corruption. It doesn't mean we uh, turn a blind eye to, to things that are bad when things happen among Christians. But this kind of persistent cynicism, the, the sort of like disgust at our own people, you know, Christians, evangelicals sometimes love hearing bad things about ourselves. Yeah. And yeah. All the right, thing Daniel, that struck we, me. You know, we're out of time. I'm so sorry. Let's do it again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Daniel Darling's been my guest. I hope you have a wonderful and blessed weekend. Thanks for supporting Faith Radio, and I'll see you next week.
Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.